Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Two hours to play with. This next hour, we're going to have some fun in studio right now. Joined by John Harper of the New York Daily News. You can also see Harp on SNY pretty regularly. We just did the show together, uh, what, a couple hours ago. Yeah. Uh, so now it's us without uh, minus Jonas. And, <laughs> can we can we do it without Jonas? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll see. This will be our first time working together without Jonas. Um, Harp, real quick, the breaking news, I guess. Ken Rosenthal, did you see this on Twitter? Just had it. The Machado deal is apparently done. Machado to the Dodgers, five for one. You know anything about any of the guys that the the Orioles got back. Just Diaz, I just I know that's the name. He's a he's a highly high ceiling outfielder. So five for one, that's pretty good for a rental. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see now if the Dodgers are going to go ahead and try to sign him because you got the whole situation with Seager coming back next year. Uh, Machado wants to play short. Um, they, their their farm system is deep enough they could absorb the hit if they wanted it to be a rental. Because you know what, I keep hearing the Phillies are going to make a huge offer for, really? uh, for Machado. They they love Machado. The guy, uh, the new the point man, uh, what's his name, Middleton, I think, right for the Phillies. He's he's got a little Steinbrenner in him. He's he's talked about you know he really wants to push this up. He, when they brought in uh, Arietta, they brought him in private plane. They had a big show when he brought him in. The, uh, the, all the all the team executives were out there to greet him. He, he likes a little of that Steinbrenner stuff, and I think they. He's even hint, he's, he's hinted at it with all the Philly writers. Basically, said it. They're going to make a big offer e- either for Machado or Harper, but more likely Machado. That's that's going to be a big problem for the Mets. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about now not only you know, and you know the Yankees will make a run at him, and who knows, like you said, what happens with the Dodgers. But if the Phillies are going to make a big run and are acting like big timers, there is no reason why the Mets should not be involved in this. You're right, but the Phillies have tons of money. They remember they they dropped this payroll down to a really low level. They spent on Arietta. And uh, Santana, but other than that, they had they have virtually no payroll, so they have a ton of room to spend. But yeah, I mean, you're right. The Mets should be in it, and I and then that's where we we've gone back and forth with this whole thing about trading the pitchers. If you tell me they can go get uh, Machado, I'm fine with keeping everybody else. I just don't believe it till I see it. And do you think the Mets will be? I mean, if they're not getting Machado, you think Machado's going to get a 10-year, 300-plus million dollar I think deal? he will, yeah, because he's going to only 26. So let's say they don't want to go that far, right? Which is, I think, a safe... Unfortunately, it's a safe assumption. <laughs> I mean, are they going to be able to spend enough, even with the money committed this past offseason, to the useless pieces? Are they going to be able to spend enough... To make a difference, I mean, and if not next year, then you got maybe Arenado and Goldschmidt potentially free agents following next year. I mean, or are we just looking at give that up? That's not realistic. Well, that's the problem, though, is that they have to spend if they're not going to. That's where we keep getting into this whole thing about the pitchers. To me, if you're not going to take a step back and trade somebody, and I don't want to trade Degrom, I'd rather trade Syndergaard and get a couple of uh, big time pieces that young dynamic players that they don't have. How are you going to get better? Yeah, they're going to go out and spend in the in the free agent market. They're going to have about I look at it about forty million coming off the books with the guys they got expiring contracts. But you're going to have to build a whole new bullpen now because Familia's going to be gone. All right. these guys are going to be gone. They're going to have to spend some money on that bullpen. So then you know, and you, and Degrom is getting a big raise in arbitration. Uh, forget about his. He's, you know, negotiating an extension. Even if he just goes to arbitration, he's getting a big raise, probably like fourteen, fifteen million. So that's going to eat up some of that too. You're not going to have a whole lot there. And really, the problem with free agency is when you get pat. You know, more than ever now, you're dealing with guys in their thirties. And we're seeing in baseball now, past thirty is older than it's ever been because of this new wave of young players who seem to come up ready to play major league baseball at a younger age than ever before. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was at. Uh, 
the Braves were in to play the Yankees. I was talking to Brian Snitker, who's a pretty sharp guy. He's a career guy. He's a career minor league manager. Got his chance, and now he's he's doing a nice job with the Braves. And he was talking about it how you know you're, you're, they're seeing these guys come up. They've played in all these national showcase games at the ages of from 13, 14, 15, all over the country, big time uh, events, and they're more ready to play at this level because they've experienced that than they've ever been before. And that's why. You're seeing youth is that the game is trending more toward youth than ever, and that's what the Mets are lacking right now. Plus, you're taking out the steroid effect, right? Where a lot of these guys were getting contracts in their early 30s or mid 30s because of the PED stuff. It's not the Mets' fault that Degrom is under control for two and a half years. It's the uh, two and a half years. It's the system's fault. Will they fix this eventually? I mean, I know Clark and Manfred have you know been buttonheads or saying different things here. They got a big problem here that needs to be fixed. It is. You can't have these guys hitting free agency at thirty three years of age. You're not going to get the money that you would get when you're younger. How are they going to fix this? Yeah, this system is outdated, and it's really on Tony Clark now. They're gonna if they're gonna go over to war over anything, it's got to be to me instead of six years of control before you reach free agency, it's got to be something like four because these play in every other sport, these players get paid when they're young, right? And then baseball, they don't. They it, they've control for six years is a long time, and now it's longer than ever, especially for pitchers now. So uh, yeah, a guy like Degrom who started a little bit later than normal, but even if Harvey, say Harvey had. Had uh, stayed along the same path he was. He's still what twenty eight, twenty nine, twenty eight. I think when he reaches free agency, that's even a little bit later than you'd like to see it. So I think it is going to be incumbent upon Tony Clark. They did a terrible job in the last CBA in terms of uh, giving away too much, allowing the owners essentially to set a, uh, a salary cap with this luxury threshold tax. So they got to fight to get to get something back now. And that, to me, it's about the system and reducing that number of years of control. Yeah, because it's backwards. You can't blame the teams this past offseason, for example, for not going out there and spending recklessly on 32, 33, whatever it may be. Those, those guys, years of age, where they're going to be declining. So it made sense. It wasn't collusion. It wasn't some big idea to not... They're getting smarter. Exactly. They're getting smarter, So, but the system is broken, so now they're taking advantage of the system. has to get fixed. I mean, what's fair is fair. So paying guys, you know... 20 million bucks at, at age 33 and you're going to give them a seven year deal. You're not going to get any value from that as a team. Makes no sense. But paying a guy younger, whether it's years ago, that to me would make more sense. So they certainly need to fix that. We're in studio with uh, New York Daily News columnist John Harper, baseball columnist, should say John Harper. And in one of those columns, Harper, you started this whole mess about, <laughs> I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure you were first to bring up trading DeGrom and or Syndergaard. Uh, and I know you've referenced that you don't really want to trade DeGrom, and I understand where you were coming from, but you started this whole storm of debate that hasn't really stopped. Yeah, it, uh, it, was, a, it was really a couple months ago, and the point really started from looking at, even then, at what the Braves and Phillies were doing with guys like Albies and Acuna, Acuna and some of the Phillies' young pitching, and you just could see where the window was starting to close on the Mets, and it wasn't my idea to put DeGrom and Syndergaard in Yankee uniforms on the back page. Oh, that that yeah. was our editor's uh, idea. Got a lot of uh, that's what really bothered people. <laughs> yeah, I know. But to me, it just the whole point was the Mets. To me, and and at that point, they were still over five hundred. I didn't think what was going to happen has happened here, but I thought they were going to get to a point in this season, a kind of a crossroads where they were going to have to really take a hard look in the future and say, can, are we can we get better without taking a step back and making a trade? And that's really still the argument. I still say they can't because if you don't trade, if you keep this pitching. And I like what everything they're doing now. We, if you, if you, if you, if I had told you this starting rotation performed like this at the start of the year, you would have thought we're in great shape. Right. But now, 
if you bring him back next year, how are you, unless you get lucky with this kid McNeil, we got to see him, and maybe Alonzo, where are the young players coming from, and how are you getting better? We just talked about free agency. Other than Machado and Harper, you're not getting a lot of young guys. You're getting who you going after DJ LeMayu or right. Murphy, bringing Murphy back with a bad no. knee. You know, I mean, AJ Pollock. You want it maybe in center no. field, but he's injury prone. No, I'd rather if the, we've been down this road. If they're going to spend, spend on the known, and that would be JD Martinez would have been. Yeah, I didn't even like him, so I can't knock him on that. But you're right. I mean, it would have been in hindsight. Problem is too, they don't have the luxury of a DH. So you're looking at Martinez as a butcher yeah, in the he's field. He's not a good outfielder. Yeah, right. And then at the end of that contract, potentially it's going to be a waste, like they would love to do right now with Cespedes. Instead of putting him at first base, have him be a DH. Uh, real quick on McNeil before we break, and we'll get into you know all the stuff that we just touched on there. There's a lot whether it's trading some of these guys, how they're going to rebuild, what free agents, things like that. I want to get into the Yankees, too. Why is McNeil not up here? You know, I wrote about that last week. I asked J.P. Ricciardi, point blank. I was in the the dugout with him before a game. And first he said, well, we got to get a spot on the 40-man roster. I'm like, J.P., come on. You guys got enough guys on the 40. You could sacrifice somebody. Because they had just done it for uh, Den Decker the same day. And he says, well, you know, we 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 want to get him up here. We want to see him. They're obviously waiting for Cabrera to get traded. Uh, the other part of it is Reyes, and I asked him about Reyes, and essentially he couldn't answer the question because it's above him. It's not the front office making that decision. It's ownership making that decision. As far as keeping Reyes around? As far around. as keeping Reyes around, and nobody knows exactly why Why they feel indebted to him. He, I mean, come on, he's hitting one. He, I think he's had a couple of hits. Maybe he's up to 170 now. Uh, but why are you playing him, especially at third base now in, with Frazier out? This McNeil kid, he's not a kid. I keep saying kid, but he's 26 years old. You need to find out about him as soon as possible. He's really an unknown. He missed most of the last two years with uh, injuries. But during that time, he's put on about 20 pounds in terms of uh, weight and strength. And now he's driving the ball. He's got, he hit, I think he hit 10, 11 home runs in Binghamton, maybe more. Uh, so he's got some pop. He's got uh, extra base power, which he didn't have before. He's not a great defender at second and third. Uh, one of, somebody, yeah, in right the, in. somebody in the organization Compare, uh, called him a left-handed hitting T.J. Rivera, which isn't the worst thing. It means he can hit, but you know now. But that might be before they've seen him recently. Maybe he's turned into more than that with the power. So I think they need to find out about him. Well, that's the. I mean, that's the whole point. What are you waiting for? There's nothing else to play for here, and maybe that's why Reyes is playing. I, I can understand ownership being the reason why he's on the roster. But maybe Callaway figures, look, if you're going to force me to have him on the roster, I might as well play him. I yeah. mean, why set him on the bench? It's useless off the bench anyway. Yeah, but what, really, what good is he doing? I mean, they, I, it's two million. It's not, I don't think the money, it's the money. I, I, I don't know what it is. Which is a waste anyway. They yeah. overpaid for him. Yeah, and you were on that all right. Two million bucks. And people are like, ah, oh, two million. Who cares? <laughs> two million bucks for Reyes? He's looking to have a job, the minimum. That's I it. almost got the feeling that that was a little bit of a repayment for him playing for the minimum last year. He, remember, he, when he left the Rockies or that whole thing with the, uh, yeah. domestic abuse and he they were paying him uh, in 2016 and so the it was the minimum but he but at the time he agreed to come back if they wanted him for the minimum in 17 which he didn't have to do maybe I don't know I really don't know why they they feel like there's any uh, there's no loyalty amongst I know there's the fans you know they loved them at one point, but when you're done, when you're when you're done, you're done. The fans have had enough. I think. Well, that's. I mean, that's the thing. Look, I I, I had a Jose Reyes jersey twelve years ago, whatever it was in two thousand six. Uh, is that yeah, twelve years ago. I mean, enough, Harp. It's it's. What is the point <laughs> of Jose Reyes right now? So I don't understand it. And I could see if they were just spending money recklessly. And you, oh yeah, sure, here's another two million for Reyes. But they're very aware of what they're spending. So to spend that at the time on Reyes and now to run him out there. 
And he may be a nice guy. I've never had an issue with him personally, but it's over. I mean, he's, there's no point to have waste or any other team in Major League Baseball sign Jose Reyes. Uh, I'd be surprised at this point. I really would. Yeah. And that's, that's a problem. 800-321-0710, the number to call if you want to talk to me and John Harper. We're in studio live with the New York Daily News baseball columnist John Harper. You could also see him on SNY on Daily News Live or Baseball Night in New York. Uh, we'll get into some Yankee stuff. We'll get into the Mets manager, DeGrom, Syndergaard, all that we touched on the surface, but a lot to dive into before we say goodbye. And we have Harper till 8 o'clock, so we'll try to get all that in over the course of the next 40 minutes, plus free T-shirts to anybody who calls, and a pair of Mets tickets to give away before we say goodbye at 9 o'clock. It's the All-Star Week edition, the fifth annual all-Star Week edition of the Sports Zone with Sal Licata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Free. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. And for Pete, here's Sal Licata. In studio with New York Daily News baseball columnist John Harper, also SNY contributor. You can see him on there pretty regularly on Daily News Live or Baseball Night in New York. You know, Harp, a guy that you and I have both been a huge fan of uh, since he's really come up, even before he came up in 2015, is Michael Conforto. And I don't know if it's a shoulder issue or not, but you touched on it. But you were to tell me that the pitchers have done what they have done so far this year, you'd think they'd be okay. I know that Bruce hasn't been healthy or productive. I know that Cespedes has been out for two months. But Michael Conforto's hitting 215. I mean, he's got to be a 320 hitter. What is going on with Conforto? It's the most puzzling thing about this team, and there's a lot yeah, <laughs> of right. puzzling things. Uh, he's looked, his timing has looked off all year. You, you hear Hernandez talk about it on the broadcast. He's late a lot of times on the fastballs. He's out in front on the breaking stuff. I, you know, the only thing I can think is that some of these guys, these players, they get so routine oriented. He he talks about it a lot that he. He he relies so much on his winter routine, hitting and hitting and hitting, that he didn't get to do that this year, and that somehow that I I mean it can't be a physical thing because you don't need that much hitting, but maybe it got in his head early, and he just hasn't been able to figure it out. But it, it's shocking that it's gone this long to me because he's too good. He's too good for this. This long and this bad. I yeah. mean, two sixty, Michael Conforto would be bad. Yeah, two fifteen or two twenty or whatever it is. And I think that's the biggest reason why this team is struggling. I mean, I know everybody's going to point to Cespedes. I get it. But without Conforto, especially with the young guys, right? We talked about it. He is their guy. He's supposed to be we're comparing it to Judge a year ago before last season. Look at Aaron Judge, one of the best players in baseball. Michael Conforto, you could argue, belongs in the minor leagues uh, currently. So, I mean, they have. If Conforto's not the player that they had hoped or that he has shown flashes of being, uh, they're in big time trouble, even worse trouble than imagined. Yeah, that's part of it too. I mean, maybe that's what they're thinking. If they can do this without any kind of a even a, even a small rebuild, that Conforto will again be that guy. And maybe Rosario. You're starting to see some signs from Rosario that maybe he's going to still going to be that high level guy. He worries me though. He doesn't have great instincts on the field. Um, I, the fact that he came up here the major leagues and wasn't ready to steal bases or he couldn't bunt was another thing. Uh, you know, I wrote about that a while ago about the, how bad the player development system is here. And I heard I heard your interview with Wally. Yeah. And Wally was talking about that backman. He's right. And I talked to him about it for a column I wrote. Uh, you know, I mean, they've missed him in that position, but they're just even before they get to AAA, they got to be teaching these kids, uh, you know, some of the, not 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 necessarily that every kid needs to know how to bunt, but a guy with speed like Rosario, his game is speed. He should be able to steal bases and bunt. So, anyway, that's a long way of saying, yeah, they need Conforto, they need Rosario. Who knows about Dom Smith now? But those were the kind of the few prospects that they had coming out of this 
all the poor drafting that Alderson did, and which I talked about, you talked about, mm-hmm. is really the root of the problem for the Mets is the lack of uh, the lack of talent in their minor league system. Uh, look, maybe two, three, four years down the road, certain guys come out of nowhere and produce, and you look back the way that they do now with Omar. Oh, well, they went to the World Series with Omar's guys. Maybe that happens years down the road, but right now, what we're seeing, not even at the, or what we're not seeing at the minor league level, because, you know, they've been ripped for, for lack of players down there, but you're seeing the transition to guys who are supposed to be big league ready, top prospects, they're not even close. Um, you, you referenced Backman. Uh, you know how much I love Backman. I think a lot of fans like that. I just believe the guy was born to be a big league manager. I think he's a great manager. I don't want to knock Callaway that much, but let the record speak for itself. He never mi- managed in the minor leagues. A guy like Backman who's been a lifer and you know worked his way up and done all that stuff. And it's showing, Harp. I mean, they, not only have they been dreadful record-wise, he's looked overmatched and like he doesn't belong. Yeah, you're taking a chance with a guy when you haven't, uh, when he doesn't have a, that kind of experience, especially a guy who's a pitching coach and really has only seen the game kind of from one angle as a pitching coach. Uh, to me, the biggest disservice they did for him was not getting a veteran bench coach, a veteran National League bench coach in there, just to have that other set of eyes and tell him, hey, don't forget this, because he has made some some questionable decisions, some questionable comments. He has looked in over his head. I wrote that a while ago, and uh, he even 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 recently now we've seen some of the things he's done with handling the bullpen, things like that. I I know, and I know this recently. The story just a few couple of days ago, the kind of the, the Mets are letting people know, hey, it's likely that he's going to come back. But you can't make that statement to me now, uh, right now, if you're the Mets, because you don't know what's how the second half's going to go. If he's going to continue to make these mistakes. For one thing, you can't. Re- at some point, you're going to say, "Hey, we can't bring him back." But the other part is, if you expect to bring uh, to get high level candidates for this GM job, which they're going to do a search on, nobody, no high, no high level GM candidate is going to come in and say, "You're going to tie me to a manager." I'm going to want the guy I want. So that's an issue too. Give me the big names out there that could be potential GM candidates. I guess Naring is not going to. He has no interest in it. Who, who are we looking at? Yeah, here? it doesn't sound like it. Uh, the guy that seems like maybe the most interesting is. Uh, is Stern, the guy in Milwaukee Brewers. He was an intern in the Mets system. He's from New York, worked in the, actually in the Mets system for a little bit, actually worked, I think, even a little bit of low-level baseball ops. Uh, he's pretty highly regarded. Uh, there's some other guys who are kind of a, a, kind of a couple of guys that have been under Theo Epstein in his, in, in his system with the Cubs. Uh, but for the most part, they're names that people don't really know. Uh, unless you're really into the whole GM thing, but I just I think the Mets, if they're really going to be interested in bringing an outside guy, and listen, people in baseball know there's they have there's a reputation as in the Mets organization now is having the ownership is hands on, and not everybody's going to want to deal with that. So they're going to have to convince the if they if they really want a guy, they're going to have to convince him that we're going to let you run the show. They did that with Alderson, and I think for a while it pretty much went that way, but. There's all, Jeff Wilpon's always going to be involved. I'm surprised that it seems like Rico is very unlikely to get it. I think initially most people just assumed that was going to be the natural transition. I'm not sure about that, though. I'm you not think sure. still? I, yeah, I think there's still a chance. I think there's still most... I mean, I think they're, feel, they're comfortable with staying inside. I think they want to see what kind of uh, candidates they get. But I wouldn't be shocked if they stayed uh, with Rico. Yeah, I actually like Rico. Let's take a call real quick, Hart, before we break. Bob and Clifton wants to talk about the Mets' possible trades. What's up, Bob? Yeah, thanks for uh, taking my call. You guys really touched on almost everything that I was going to bring up, you know, from Ahmad Rosario to Dom Smith. What is going on with Dom Smith? He was a highly, highly touted prospect, a kid with power. They were all talking about him, and I'd like to know what's going on with Dom Smith. 
And I would also bring up this McNeil and Alonzo. They sound like really, really top-notch prospects. So could you address those issues? I would keep all the pitchers. I might get rid of Matt. He's had uh, you know, problems with his health and everything. So he would be the only guy I might want to get rid of. But you know, that might be a prejudicial <laughs> thing on my part. But I would keep the Grom. I'd keep Syndergaard. And I'd keep Wheeler. No, thank you, Bob, for the call. Harp, you want to handle that? Dom Smith? Yeah, and just quick on Matt. The problem with if you trade Mats, you got to bring back something of value. That's the issue with trading Mats or Wheeler. But uh, as far as Dom Smith, it is kind of strange. I, I, you know, I would just put him at first base and see what you have while he's up here. They've moved him to the outfield. I don't know if I still haven't really gotten an answer on that if it was because of Alonzo or what. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, there's just no rhyme or reason. Put him there and see what he can do. It's you know he lost the weight. He looks much more like a guy who's ready to play major league baseball, but he really hasn't hit now. And this is his second stint. He did last year when he came up. He did show some power though, so I think there's still potential there. But I think you have to give him an extended run at playing every day to see what he can do. Well, that's the other thing. Regardless of how the guy's performing, and it's been bad in Dom Smith's case, just put him there, leave him alone, and let him go because it's hard to evaluate a guy who's being juggled around. Oh, put him in left field here, put him on the bench. Oh, we'll start him at first base. Get Flores out of the way. We know what Flores is. So if you can move him at the deadline, do it. Let Dom Smith, and I don't believe in Dom Smith anyway, but let him play first base. What's the harm? Let's see what he is here. That's where I, I'm not sure what the communication is between the front office and the manager's uh, situation uh, because the front office should be dictating this stuff right now because they're in charge. They have to make decisions about these guys, and the team is out of the race. So the front office, this is a time when the front office should be dictating who's playing and who's not. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Flores is a useful player. Your guy, Flores, I should yeah, say, right. Sal. But he's not the answer. We know that. He's a utility guy at best. He's a useful right-handed bat yeah. on a good team. And you, ideally, you'd like to have him coming off the bench. And you could maybe play a little first if you had to get him in the field. That's it. But on this team, to me, I, I've seen a. I just want good ball players, Harp. He's not a good ball player. Can't throw, can't run, can't field. I mean, doesn't he doesn't hit for enough average to me to make up for the other areas of deficiency. They don't have enough good ball yeah, players. Yeah, see, that's, this is part of the problem with the Alderson philosophy. He's, it's built around the whole money ball philosophy of high on base, offense over defense, uh, high on base and hitting the ball out of the park. But, yeah. I, I want you know they they lacking athleticism at so many positions. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Ball player, and you know who you know who's a ball player is Justin Turner. Yeah, he, right. He had that ball player look to him. He he didn't he didn't hit like this obviously with the Mets. He's used with the Dodgers, but he hadn't gotten into the whole leg kick and all that, the launch angle and all that stuff. But he was a ball player. Mm-hmm. He took the ball the other way in clutch situations. I always liked what I saw from him. I never thought he'd be doing what he's doing now. But you're right. Those are the kind of guys they need. I always liked him better than Murphy. All right, we're in studio with New York Daily News baseball. Columnist John Harper, 800-321-0710. The number to call will take your calls. We'll also do, still want to get to Cespedes and his move to first base and do plenty of Yankees as well, With whether it's uh, Machado, whether it's trading for an arm, whatever it is, the Yankees moves uh, that are going to be made here moving forward in the second half. So we'll get to all that with John Harper in studio um, for the next uh, half hour or so. It's Sal Akata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. All right, back in studio with New York Daily News baseball columnist John Harp. we got a lot of uh, phone calls, Harp, so we'll get to them in a minute. Real quick with the Mets, and I want to get into some Yankee stuff too. Cespedes is playing first base, nine innings. You like this idea? I know that they kind of don't have many options with him. 
I don't love the idea of putting him at first. You like it with Cespedes at first? Uh, potentially, maybe. i got to see him there. I've, I've seen him take ground balls at short. He likes to do that during BP. He's, he's really athletic, uh, so I think it's possible. But you know what? It's not like, I mean, it, maybe he's thinking it's less stress on his legs, but he, you know, you're, make, you're making those short, short bursts at, at first, covering here, covering there. I'm not sure it will be easier on his legs, but uh, I was told today, I did speak to somebody from the Mets who told him he's not playing first base this season. Really? Yeah. Then why would he play nine innings today? Probably because he wants to. You know. I mean, <laughs> I asked well, why, I asked the same question, and, they, and I didn't get a good answer. They, they really didn't know. So, <laughs> as usual, I'm, communication is not the strength, it seems like, with the Mets sometimes. But, uh, you know what? They're going to have a logjam one way or the other, either in the outfield. If he's back there with him, Conforto, Nimmo, Bruce, assuming Bruce comes back, or first base with Alonzo and Smith. So I guess they're going to have to figure that out and make decisions over the winter about which way they're going. What is the, I mean, I, I haven't been paying as close attention to it as I would had they not been 16 games under, but right now it's Nimmo, Conforto, and who's in right? Well, you got, uh, you mean, well, they, no, they've been playing, yeah, yeah, Nimmo, Conforto, uh, who has been playing? I'm, I'm yeah, because I'm thinking, and no Bruce, producer Walker. <laughs> yeah, who has oh, Batista, maybe? Oh, is, Batista's been playing, he, yeah. Okay. Batista yeah. or Smith? Batista yeah. or Smith has been playing the outfit? Oh, yeah, but goodness. you really don't want Nimmo or Conforto, to me, as your long-term center fielder. Uh, so that's the issue. I'd want them in the corners, but then you have Bruce and, and Cespedes. you got Ligaris coming back, but... So when Cespedes comes back, if he's not playing first, he's going to play left, and that means you move then, I guess, Conforto. Are they going to move Conforto to right? Because it wouldn't make sense if Conforto in Cespedes' absence not playing center. Well, if, if but if Bruce is back... Well, then, right, exactly. So that's that's the issue. Yeah, maybe just trade uh, some of those guys. All right, <laughs> let's get some Met calls before we get to the Yanks here. Ari is in Far Rockaway, wants to talk about uh, trading DeGrom. What's up, Ari? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Actually, I did want to talk about not trading DeGrom. The uh, the Mets have to learn from their mistakes, you know. Got to hold on to the talent that we know we have. We can't always bank on the future and possibility of a talent when it has obviously not really worked out for us that so thus far. I mean, I would hate to see someone like the Grom leave our team and then go somewhere else and and you know deliver them a World Series like the Bronx. Yeah, 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 right. Like the Yankees, exactly. You can't deal with that harp, and that would be no, the killer. And I swear, and I do. I agree, Ari. I mean, I, I think. DeGrom, to me, is a special case. He's reached a level, you know, you can say Seaver, whatever, Seaver level. Uh, I, I think, and I think because he's so athletic, he was a shortstop in college before he really got into pitching, and I think he's going to be able to last into his mid-30s at this level. He's got that long, loose, slim delivery. Uh, so I'm, I want to keep him, but I, I don't know how you're getting better if you don't trade somebody. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, it's either free agency or you got to make some creative trades, and probably it's going to take a combination of both. Joe in Queens. Joe, I, are you even going to bring up this guy's name? Oh, yeah. I, I, well, I'll bring up a second thing, but I, I, I know we're glad to end the Harvey discussions, and, and, and that was a good thing for everybody, but well, I just want to ask what the career prospects from Harvey look like at this point. My second question would be about the All-Star game, uh, well, where they had a, a, I switched back to the radio, but they were talking to Bryce Harper the whole inning. They weren't even paying attention to the game. And then someone else said, were they grooving a couple of pitches there, too? 
I don't know about grooving pitches. Uh, who knows about that? Um, what was the first thing they want? Oh, we want to talk about Harvey, the career path of Harvey. Forget the All Star game. <laughs> talk about uh, a guy who started the All Star game. Hard to believe, Harvey. Wow, right? Five, five years. years ago. You couldn't believe that, right? Yeah, I was there. I loved it. I. You know what? Hey, listen. The numbers have been there the last what four starts. I obviously needed to get out of New York. There was a lot going on. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan. You know, I think his head was the biggest problem for him. I mean, obviously the injury, I shouldn't say that. The injuries are the biggest factor. Uh, and maybe it's just more time away from that TOS surgery. Guys have had a hard time coming back from that TOS surgery. Um, but I think he was he's doing it now in a place where nobody's paying much attention. Cincinnati, there's no pressure. It's going to be interesting to see if somebody trades for him. If a team put, put in a pennant race trades for him, then how does he react? But it looks like I, I've seen a little bit of him recently. That slider is back. The slider, at least as, as a guy that gets swings and misses, he wasn't getting the swings and misses for a long time. Maybe it's maybe it's from the surgery. Maybe it's a combination of things. Yeah, I would be stunned if he ever was an effective pitcher again. I'm fascinated not just at the deadline, but more so in the offseason to yeah. see the interest that there is and the money that Matt Harvey will command or or get. I mean, who's going to offer him what? I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that's going to work out, but I think his career is over. Ray in Pennsylvania wants to ask about Mickey <laughs> Calloway. Yeah, I just uh, he hasn't done much to warrant to me to warrant that he should be back next year. And we started out eleven and one, and we're I don't know what fifteen games below five hundred now. So, is there any chance we can go out and get somebody else in the off season? Uh, just a a guy who knows baseball. For instance, one game this year, uh, Cabrera let off with a double, and there was nobody out. And I think it was Conforto hitting, and they could have bonded him over to third. It's called small ball, and they didn't do that, and they didn't score a run. And that that's happened countless times this year. I mean. He has done nothing to warrant to me for me as a Mets fan to warrant that he should be here again next year. Yeah, there's definitely issues with Callaway. Now the small ball thing, that's that's every everybody in baseball. Nobody plays small ball in baseball anymore unless you're talking about maybe the ninth inning or something. So that's a separate argument, but I agree. Callaway's had some issues. We talked about it a little earlier. And I, I, I do think, again, if you're going to bring in a new GM, you got to let him make the decision on who he wants as manager, whether he wants Callaway back. Uh, I, at this point, I would say it's probably 50-50, depending on how it goes from here. It's not automatic that he's coming back, for sure. It has been so bad. I mean, the idea of, of moving on, and I know both you and I like Mickey Callaway. We, yeah. talk, we had the chance to talk to him. I interviewed him here. You had him, uh, you know, interviewed yeah. him for your column. I was impressed with him. I, I do think he's a good guy, and I do think he's got potential to grow, but this is not a place where you learn. You shouldn't be learning at the major league level, and he's been so bad, Harp, in so many different areas. I don't see how anybody can make a logistical argument for keeping him, aside from the fact that, well, we just signed him to a three-year right. deal. Yeah. Outside of that, how's there? how can you make an argument? Well, I yeah, I want to see him in this. I, it's not really the second half. They played almost 100 games, right. but you still got 60 games to go. See if he does grow. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to judge now though because they're not. They're also not under pennant race pressure. That's another thing. So he's got some strikes against him, no doubt about it. Leroy in Brooklyn, you don't want to waste Degrom, so you want to trade him. Oh yes, yes. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because if you keep him, I like him. I like Degrom. I like as him as a, as a person, as a pitcher. But now you keep him, the Mets keep him, and they walk around rebuilding build, around him. That's going to take another three or four years. By the time you do that, by the time the Mets do that, he's going to be 34, 35 years old. And don't get me wrong, he might still be a good pitcher, you know, at that age. But um, the way I see it, 
where you trade him or where you keep him, it looks like the Mets are going to just be the same team for the next couple of years. And it looks like they're, not, they're going to have to rebuild. So right now we're looking at three or four years right now. That's the way I see it, three I, or four years. I, I mean, I hope that's not the case, but I do understand that side of the argument. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I, I think, again, to me, I'd rather trade Syndergaard. I know he's younger than DeGrom, but I don't think he's at the same level as DeGrom as a pitcher. And to me, he's more of a candidate to break down. He's, he's kind of built up with muscle and stuff like that. I'd be a little worried about that. But I think right now, especially, I think, at this deadline, even if he's a couple more starts, his, everybody talks about his value being down. I think his value is going to be high for teams like who, especially teams who are interested in Machado and didn't get him like the Brewers. I know the Brewers are really interested in Syndergaard. I think they would make a big offer for Syndergaard. Stan in Queens has a question, Harp. That you, I, I mean, I've been asking you for years. It seems. Go ahead, Stan. Hit us with it. Oh uh, hi. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm just curious. They don't. No one seems to talk much about the catching situation. I like Messer. Sal does. Bit, but you know, you know, you don't like Travis Darno. No, next year, Stan. It's you know what? Next year is going to be the year. Darno and Ploiecki, They'll come out of it next year. No. 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 Give him one more year. No, one more year, Stan. No. Get have patience. No, you get have patience. Darno. Darno. Ploiecki, One more year. <laughs> I, I agree, Harp. I mean, can they get a catch? But I'll say this, though. They're probably lucky they didn't go get Lucroy. He's been a major disappointment. But even if they did, what did he sign? Two years or did he sign more I, than I think he's only one year with okay. the A's, right? But he two years now, he hasn't been good. There are not many good catchers. You, you have to say that when you look around Major League Baseball. But they do need to upgrade. Uh, I like the way Mazzarocco has handled pitchers, but... You know, he hasn't hit. He's made, I know the money is irrelevant. He won't get close. Yeah, right. He won't get close no, to that next no, year. No, but uh, and I, that's when I did this thing where I did possible trades for Syndergaard a few weeks ago. Uh, the I think the Dodgers and the uh, Braves both had catchers, young catchers that could be be the catchers of the future if they made a trade like that. Man. So I'd be thinking about that. Mets need to get a catcher. There's no question. Uh, thanks for the call, Sam. All right, quick break. Come back. I want to get to the Yankees with John Harper, New York Daily News, baseball columnist, live in studio for another couple of minutes. So stay tuned. We'll talk Yankees. Still take your calls if we have time. 800-321-0710 is the number to call. It's a sports zone. Sal Akata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. <laughs> Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. 800 Oh, woo. Some rough reading here um, recently. Anyway, we're in studio with uh, New York Daily News baseball columnist John Harper. Harp, we got to get to the Yankees here before you say goodbye. The hour flies by, by the way, doesn't it? It does, Sal. Flying by. Um... What will the Yankees do here? I mean, I know they didn't get Machado. If they wanted him, they could have had him. They just didn't want to give up Justice Sheffield or whatever it would have taken to get him. What will they do as far as getting a starting pitcher in here? I still don't see really anybody better than Hap. Maybe Hamels, uh, Cole Hamels, Hap or Hamels. I think either one would be serviceable. Uh, they're not probably not have to give up a lot. I, I wouldn't give up a lot for Fulmer. Fulmer's kind of had an up-and-down year, um, and there really isn't anybody else that jumps out there. I mean... It really is going to be interesting to see if Cashman does still make a hard run at somebody like a Syndergaard or DeGrom and try to commit. I don't think it'll ever happen, but it's going to be interesting. So maybe holding out hope for that because he knows. And I guess that's the point. You don't want Jay Happ. I mean, Jay Happ will be an upgrade over Domingo Herman, but that's not the difference maker that they need come postseason. Neither is really Cole Hamels, although I guess you would maybe trust him because based on his postseason, we're talking about almost 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah. And Fulmer hasn't been as good as he was a couple years ago. Yeah, unless he's got some kind of trade that nobody sees coming. But even you look at teams that aren't in contention, they don't have those kind of guys, those kind of pitchers. So... 
I don't really see it. Uh, it, but you know, they're going to get to the postseason. You're going to have to hope you get Tanaka of last year, last October, to do what he did again. And you know what? I don't know if he can do that every year now because he relies so much on his off-speed stuff. Would you then try to get a guy like Brad Hand or Zach Britton, try to load up that bullpen even more so if you can't get a difference-making starter? Maybe, but there's only so much you can do with the pen. You're still going to have to get your starter to get you the pen in decent shape. And that's going to, you know, you can't take him out in the fourth inning every time. I know the Dodgers are trying that last year at times. You think they're just going to keep running Sonny Gray out there and hope that he turns it around? You know, he every he does, every so often he shows you enough to you can you can they can hope that he's going to turn into that guy again because his last start against the Orioles was really impressive. So I don't know what it is with him. I think he's got he's uh, frightened the Yankee Stadium for one thing. He's got an ADRA there and like a three ERA on the road. So. If he ever gets a postseason start, it won't be at Yankee Stadium. You sure. you think the because I, I mean I feel like I feel like the Yankees are the best team in baseball. Um, am I not giving enough credit to the Astros or the Red Sox? Yeah, I think you really have to start looking at the Red Sox a little differently now. I think that lineup, man. I mean, the JD Martinez has made such a difference in that lineup, and Mookie Betts is having a great year. Xander Bogarts is having kind of a bounce back year. They're having that lineup is top to bottom. It's probably just as good as the Yankees, maybe not power-wise, but in terms of being able to uh, sustain rallies, things like that. And they're starting pitching. I mean, it depends what you get out of David Price. But I, I do think the team, those teams are very similar. I'd take the Yankees' bullpen over them. But I think that race is going to the wire. Yeah, that's the thing. Yankees head-to-head, I, I feel like they're a better team. Even the Strohs. Strohs, look, the Astros won the World Series last year with an awful bullpen. So to say that the bullpen is bad really doesn't mean much because their starters are great, their lineup is great. I, I'm still shocked that they got by with that last year. I think the Yankees are the most most complete team of those three. And the Red Sox, even their starters. You know, David Price in a big spot. He's terrible. Head-to-head against the Yankees, and they play a lot more games. I just feel like the Yanks are better, and I think ultimately, look, they'll add. We know that. But regardless of what they add or don't, uh, head-to-head, I feel like the Yankees are going to win the division. Uh, I think it's going to the wire. I think uh, price is a major issue for them, no doubt. Mm. Yeah, The Yankees are going to have to win a bunch of those head-to-head games, though, because the Red Sox beat up on the bad teams. Uh, we'll see how the schedule shakes out. And I still think, I mean, the Astros, they're start, they have the best starting rotation in the postseason. We'll see how that goes. They're going to have to make a move at the deadline for a reliever, no doubt. After Giles, another meltdown by Giles, storming off the mound last mm. week, and they, then they sent him to AAA. They got problems in the pen. Yeah, they got to make a, they got to add somebody there. Uh, all right, let's take a call here. 800-321-0710. Uh, boy, the Yanks have just been so impressive. I mean, every which way you look, developing these guys. Severino been one of the best pitchers in baseball. It'll be fun to watch moving forward here in the second half to see if they can, in fact, win that division. Susan in Brooklyn, though, wants to talk about Jacob deGrom. I sure do. It was my birthday on Monday, and all I want, I give up all my birthday presents if the Mets just uh, just find a way to keep deGrom and Syndergaard. Last week, well, what would we you were... get, Susan? What kind of birthday presents did you get that you're willing to give up so easily? Well... Let's let's see. Uh, I well, I got my initial. I got a couple of gift cards. Okay, all right. I mean, you, you know, uh, and some jewelry. Okay, and, are you and you willing to give it up for the Mets to re-sign Degrom huh, or sign him to an extension? Definitely. We, we last last week. My I stayed by my girlfriend in Maryland, and uh, and uh, and we went to the fan fest in Washington. Okay. Uh, well, happy belated birthday, Susan. Um, 
We'll give you a free Mets T-shirt uh, as as a gift here. Uh, you, Susan, do you promise not to be mad though if they sign him to extension two years before his contract is up and he gets hurt the next year? Yeah, right. Well, that's going to be the problem. But Harb, I think you would agree. Look, you're going to have to pay somebody, and you can't just sit there and say, "Well, we could right. sign this guy. He's going to get." That can happen with anybody, and it has for the Mets. Unfortunately, that, that's my my issue with this is if they don't want to pay him now, fine. But have a plan and understand. I think we talked about this today on Daily News Live. As you get closer to free agency. You're going to have to pay more because he's going to be closer to saying, I'm just going to wait. If you pay now, you can pay, you get a little bit more uh, money on the dollar, cents on the dollar, whatever the expression is. But uh, so I, if, you, if you're going to sign him, whatever it's going to take, fine. If not, if you decide you're not going to sign him, then, then now is the time to trade him because his value will never be high. Right, and not just because he said he wanted out. I mean, because then that's the direction that you're choosing to go. Harp, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming Fun, in. Sal. Anytime. I, I may have a little issue getting here, but we're happy you made it here. We appreciate <laughs> Some ways it. Some are a problem, Sal. Yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll do it again. New York Daily News baseball columnist John Harper. Check him out on Twitter as well, at NYDN. Harper. Uh, we'll do some basketball in the 8 o'clock hour. Mike Vorkanoff will join us at 825. We'll reset, do some Mets, Yankees, maybe even some Kawhi Leonard and some Knicks stuff after the news.